talking today about uh, New Year's, not New Year's resolutions, but we're talking about commitment and biblical uh, planning for uh, getting ready for the coming year. We're going to look at, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Romans, and we're going to look at uh, a couple of verses there. But uh, what is today? The 29th, Tuesday night, we have uh, our our service this week will be on Tuesday night because that will be New Year's Eve and we're going to start at nine and go till midnight and have communion. Nobody should take communion that hasn't sought their heart and uh, asked the Lord to uh, work in you. In fact, Corinthians uses the word there were those in the Corinthian church that were taking uh, communion unworthily. So, uh, it, it, so the word worthy is involved. So as you, and that's one reason that foot washing has been such a powerful part of Pentecost through the years. And not everybody participates. Not everybody each time uh, takes uh, communion either. But uh, you, you don't just have to take communion. Um, it's not going to save you taking communion. Be better not to take it if you're not, if you don't feel like the Lord is, uh, that you're honoring the Lord and so on. Better just to say, I, I'm not going to take communion. But it's a time where you ought to take communion. How many are thankful for the opportunity to have these kinds of special times? And this is one of those times, New Year's Eve, and we're going to have uh, some special preachers and so on. So it'll be, a, it'll be a special time. Now, our key verse is in Romans 1, and we're going to read parts of two verses. And so uh, let's look, if you would, in verse 15, we see that so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. Let's read that together. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. Now, we're working here with the King James and uh, what sometimes I usually refer to as the authorized. That's what it is. Um, But the authorized version says, so as much as in me is. Now, that's kind of a... uh, an older way to make a statement. We don't usually end a statement with the word is, but they did three and 400 years ago. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. So let's, let's take that expression right here. As much as in me is, let's, uh, let's take that to mean something like this without being totally technical. Let's just kind of think of it this way. And you've already, you know exactly what I'm going to say, that whatever potential you have, whatever is in you, whatever uh, capabilities you have, you're going to use those capabilities to preach the gospel and to do the work of God. And so that's what we're going to talk about, preparing ourselves. And then, of course, uh, our, our key word here is ready. Everybody say ready. All right, that sounded good. And, and our, our lesson title today is uh, Ready to Serve God. So you can see that's why we've selected Romans 1, uh, 15. Uh, a new year is here. Now, some people would say, well, I don't think you should make any difference between New Year's and any day of the year because, you know, the Bible speaks about being careful not to make a day special, meaning, of course, that you don't make one day a, re- a religious specialty and as though it is better than every other day. The spirit of that scripture is, is obvious, that you should not be 
um, forcing people to observe days that are religious days that then they think if you don't do it, then you're violating some scruples or something. That's what the scripture means. So, there, But there's nothing wrong. For example, I mean, ever, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with celebrating a birthday. That's a special day. But you don't say, if you don't celebrate my birthday, you're not going to go to heaven. You wouldn't say that. Maybe you do, but most people don't say that. They don't say, if you don't get me a gift on my birthday, I, I've never thought of this, but it's actually, it's interesting. If you don't get me a gift on my birthday, unfortunately, my birthday's already passed and I'm, I'm, now I'm 30. All right, uh, so, so the, the importance of preparing for the coming year is, is obvious. And, of course, what we're doing here is we're praying for revival. How many are praying for revival this morning? That's our, that's our prayer. Lord, send revival. Let souls be saved. Folks, let me tell you something. There are thousands of people that need to hear the gospel. And if we don't use everything in our power to preach the gospel and to make a difference, that means live right and do right. Of course, there's, of course we've got to do better. If you play the piano, play it better. If you sing, sing better. If you preach, preach better. Everything that you do... Hey, folks, I'm, I'm now 30. No, actually, I'm 58. I turned 58 a few months ago. And so here I am. I'm, gonna, I'm not giving up I, just because I've uh, been to the university and did this and did that. Hey, my days, God has given me the preach and the desire. So that's what I'm talking about. In other words, whatever you have in you, if you say, well, I'm coasting in now to the rapture, then you're violating the word of God. It does, you're not here to coast in now to the rapture. And the church, now people sometimes go through phases and there's seasons of life. Nobody expects when you're, uh, when you're elderly to do exactly what you did when you were 21 years old. Nobody expects that. You're, you're now 81 instead of 21. That, there's a difference. But, but you don't just coast into heaven. You always pray. How many knows that no matter how, what your age is, you can do a work for God? For as much as in you is, whatever you can do, then you do it. Hey, let me tell you, there's a lot you can do, and we're preparing for it. We're ready. Everybody say ready. We are ready to serve God. Now, let's read uh, the poor. I'm leaving the very end off because uh, there, the King James puts this. Uh, semicolon there and, and that's a good that's where I want to end I could have put it all there but it, I couldn't fit it so I, I didn't want it there anyway so we're just going to look at this first part so let's read beginning here if you have your Bibles verse 16 let's read it out loud for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth Now, that is our key verse, these two verses. As much as in me is, I am ready. I'm ready to preach the gospel, for I'm not ashamed. So the first thing is readiness, or as you can see, as I put in the little box at the bottom, uh, preparation. I'm I'm preparing, and so that's what we're doing. Um, We're doing the things that we know to do. For example, we're reaching out to young people. How many things that we ought to re- reach young people? We ought to reach young couples. We ought to, um, we ought to care about every, kind, every, every ethnicity of people. There's no such thing as color lines. There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as, well, certain people are too poor or they're too gritty or they're too unwanted or whatever. Now, of course, we, we're not trying to have a hip-hop uh, 
a popularity contest as a church. So we're not running around and saying, hey, join our church and, and, and uh, I'll swallow a goldfish for you. You know, we're not, that's not what we're here for. But it doesn't matter who they are. Now, if I thought it would save somebody, I, I'd swallow a goldfish. And let me tell you something. I do not want to swallow a goldfish. And I don't plan on swallowing a goldfish because it would take a lot for you to convince me that swallowing that thing would save somebody's soul. All right? But if it would, if I thought that it would, that would make a difference. And so we're preparing. Now, so we're doing things like um, the new web page, and we're getting lots of activity. In fact, Brother French was telling me that we're getting inching up near a thousand people that are hitting on our website every day all the time and and then sometimes we'll have like when the coal sang a few weeks ago how many did we get all together something like seven thousand maybe more i don't know the last total but i mean thousands of people i mean hey folks they need to cut a, a cd i mean here they were singing and uh but the, you say well, what does that matter? Well, it matters that we are letting folks know we're having church around here. We're doing something for God. We're not ashamed of it. Someone said, are you ashamed of holiness? I am not ashamed of holiness. Aren't you ashamed? You've never had a television. No, I'm not ashamed of that. I've never, ever owned one. I don't, I don't have a life that says, okay, everything. I want to tell you what Hollywood does to me. Hollywood worries me. Hollywood discourages my spirit, and we don't need that. What we need to do, you say, are you ashamed? No, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not condemning. I'm not condemning anybody, but I'm telling you right now that what we're doing as a church is to let the world know, let folks know, we've got a Facebook presence. We've got, I get messages all the time. I just recently preached in Serbia, and the way I got that invitation was the missionary didn't know how to reach me, but they saw my webpage, or they saw the church webpage. Was it ours or the church's? It was ours, okay. So they got on there, and they said, would you come to Serbia? And then I thought, oh, Sister French does it. I never get on there. And uh, she'll tell me, well, uh, you got 300 messages yesterday or whatever, and, and I need to get rid of them so she can get her messages. And I said, well, just get rid of them. I don't what, is there anything I need to say? Well, they want you to come to Europe. And I said, uh, uh, well, uh. And I was trying to say, <laughs> tell them, no, I'm not coming to you. What do you I'm coming to Europe? I'm not coming to Europe. I'm in Atlanta. And then the Holy Ghost started working. So the, the things that we do and the areas that we go to, you may, now many of us, now listen to me, I'm preaching to you. Many of us, I don't use Facebook. Sister French, how many times did you say I've been on Facebook this year? Five? Maybe? Three? Six? Somewhere under ten. That I, but I don't have to be because Sister French knows she keeps up with it. If they don't, then some of the other kids let me know. And 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 so, but that, that's not my, I just I just can't. Someone said, yeah, Brother French, I had a preacher tell me not long ago, Brother French, it's, the, the future is in Facebook. I said, your future may be in Facebook, but my future is on streets of gold. I'm not worried about that. That's not what I do. Okay, so someone says, well, uh, but that's what everybody does. It was almost like, oh, you got to get cool. You got to be, you got to get with the program. Like that's what I had to do if I was going to be relevant and so on. Personally do it. Because that's just not our thing. Lots of folks don't do it. I remember when when these... uh, well, about all the technology that's come through the last uh, 20 years has just been shock, 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 shock. And I remember the first time I said, I'm going to have to get a computer. I remember that. 
I mean, I actually carry a computer around with me. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But you do the things that help you. If you can, you do the things that will help us be prepared to reach a world. And so I want to tell you, the United Pentecostal Church could not reach the world right now if we were just sending out letters from headquarters. I have not received a letter from David Bernard, uh, our superintendent, one single time. In the three years that I've been in Georgia, you know what? I get electronic mail from him. And they send all the news all the time. And guess what? It saves millions of dollars because they don't have to buy the paper. They don't have to print the material. They just send it by uh, email. And so the world is changing. We know that. And so we're trying to have a presence in every... Listen, folks, if the world is using... I'm going to call these non-moral. They're not moral issues. They're using something that affects their lives, and we get involved so we can say, hey, hey, we're over here. We're having revival. Jesus is coming. You need to get saved. Well, then that's getting ready to preach the gospel. That's what it is. Now, I don't believe that we ought to just, you know, someone said, well, TV, boy, get on TV. You know, that's a, I don't believe that at all. We're going to keep preaching How many things we ought to keep preaching? We're going to keep preaching, and we're going to be ready because we are not ashamed of the gospel. Everyone said amen. And to not be ashamed means that you're committed, and that's why I put that there. Being prepared and committed. In fact, I'd like us to bow our heads. I've got several scriptures I want to look at, and let me see where, how, oh, my goodness. Okay, let's, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us with these two issues right here. Could we do that for just a moment? Father, Lord, it's our lesson, and we're talking about this coming year, and I pray that we'll be uh, able to get our hearts ready. If there's anything that's not like it should be, help us to get it right. And so many things, Lord, that I, in our relationships and all of that, help us, I pray. Amen. Now, you know, a lot of times these things, uh, we have to deal with things in our lives, not just uh, sin issues, but relationship issues. Husbands and wives, listen to me. Listen to me, men. You can run these aisles all day long, but if you cannot build relationship with your children and your wife and your family, including your in-laws, boy, that went flop. No, I'm just kidding. It, I'm, just, it, I'm just kidding. Run the aisles. And I think you should run aisles. I have no problem with people running aisles if they're living right. And you're not doing it to, for somebody to see you. One lady danced out. Woo! And then she stopped and fixed her hair in the wind uh, like this. And I watched her and she got a little curl. And then she danced back in. I don't, I don't see how that was very spiritual. She got out and danced. That, that, that kind of dancing is, is uh, very meaningless in my mind. But when, when I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart and I'm dancing, well, that don't, I don't care what anybody says. People make fun of I've been made fun of my entire life because I have been a part of a worshiping, praising church, and I believe in that. But I believe it ought to be unto the Lord, ought to be proper. But if you do all of that, and you cannot affect the areas. Why can't you love the people around you more? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you're not letting God help you with that. You need to say, Lord, help me to love my family. Help me to love my neighbor. How many knows the Bible says we're supposed to do this? Loving our wife and our husband is biblical. It isn't some preacher fanatic. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the Bible says. Not some fanatical preacher. I feel a little fanatical here, but I don't know why. Okay, now here's uh, 
uh, interesting book by, you know, Harvard professor uh, Stephen Carter. He's an African-American, quite a, basically a genius. And uh, I wanted to, I'm, now listen, don't, don't, don't lose me here. Things are changing, not just technology. For example, and I'm, you see the quotes here. I'm reading this right out of the book. There's the book. There's the quote. In Colorado, a public school teacher was ordered to remove his personal Bible from his desk because students might see it. So he couldn't even have his own personal faith. And our culture is changing quickly. What is happening is our culture is becoming more and more sinful. And Jesus is coming. Now, you, you need to get ready. Jesus is getting ready to come. And I don't know if there's, it's going to be very long at all. All right, now let's look at a couple more things. Now, first of all, let me jump over here to 1 Timothy. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Now, we're talking, notice that I've called these now spiritual priorities. The things that, if we're going to move forward and be ready for revival, then we've got to allow certain things to happen. Well, let's look at the first one. Follow after righteousness. Can you say that? Righteousness. All right. Follow after righteousness. Well, that's what you ought to follow after, righteousness. Now, I, I know people say, oh, I, oh my goodness, I, 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 I got caught up and, and so-and-so wanted me to go here and go there. Oh, fine, I, I get it. But why are you still doing it? You need to tell them, I don't go there. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that because that's not a righteous thing. If they want you to go into a bar room, you don't need to say, well, that's really cool. No, you need to say, I don't do that. I'm not a part of whatever the situation may be. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love. And then you notice I put the ESV here. See the blue? I I, I did that because I I really find the ESV using this word to mean steadfastness. Very interesting. Uh, Love steadfastness, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Everybody say praise the Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. That's, that's really what we're talking about. We're getting ready. Uh, New Year's is here, and we're entering into 2014, and we are going to fight the good fight of faith. But notice that I've, I've uh, emphasized this next expression. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, I could have retranslated it. There's several ways that that could be taken. Uh, many Bible translations translate it and uh, hold on to it. In other words, uh, don't let go. You could something like that. But I didn't do it because there's something very interesting about the actual Greek, which does imply that you've got to get a hold of eternal life. It's not just, oh, I'm saved. I'm going to stay saved. You've got to get a hold of this thing. That's what you've got to do. You've got to do it. Hey, folks, I want to tell, oh, I feel the whole, whoa, I feel like we're going to have a hallelujah year. Hey, man, some of you act like you had turkey and so much pumpkin pie you can't breathe. Folks, listen, I'm telling you, the Lord is moving. I didn't say you, did I say you looked like it? Get the tape. I know I didn't say you look like you had pumpkin pie. I mean, I think I said, or what I meant to say, Lord, forgive me for my many errors. I meant to say that you, <laughs> that you uh, act, you're acting like, is what I meant to say. If I said you look like you had pumpkin pie, I didn't mean that. 
Although, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I didn't mean that. All right. So fight the good fight of faith. Lay, everyone say it with me. Lay hold on eternal life. So that's, that's very interesting. You got to get a hold. You got to, got to lay hold. You got to, you got to grab it. You got to do something about it and you're not going to do it. Folks, listen, we're not going to do it coasting into heaven. We're going to have to, we're going to have to let the Lord guide us. Anybody believe that? Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. And before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. I want to finish this here. So see if it'll come up. Come on. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody planning to see Jesus? Anybody getting ready? So keep this commandment. And I, 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 believe me, I want to stop, but I'm going to keep going. Which in the, his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate. How many believe that Jesus is God? He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords who only hath immortality. Now, let me tell you something, folks. I don't care what you say. This verse proves that Jesus is the one solitary and only God of heaven and earth. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Kings. Okay, so let's go past it. So in other words, it includes doctrine. What we are to do includes doctrine. Now, if it doesn't include doctrine, let me see if I did this some time back. I, I grabbed it and I tried to simplify it and do it different so we could use it real quick here because I need to go. I got a couple things I want us to look at in our in our time here. First of all, if you don't declare truth, if you don't get excited about it, can you see that little red? See me right there? All right, a bold declaration. Now, I did this. I turned it into the university several years ago, but I've redone it recently. And this is a uh, graph of the growth of oneness churches, oneness churches. And, well, the yellow are oneness churches. See right here? And then these other two are the two largest trinity churches. In other words, other groups and so forth. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm just trying to prove a point here. Now, the largest of these groups, in other words, gray and brown, the largest of these groups used to all of them speak in tongues, but a great big change has come about among these churches. And I believe me, I used to be a member of it. So I'm not picking on anybody. I love them to death. But there's a huge change going on, and that is that right now, those very churches, I got... Well, th- that's enough said. Okay. I know what I'm talking about. I was there. I-, I was in the church. All right. And everybody talked in tongues. My grandmother was a member of one of these churches, and-, and she shouted and danced up and down aisles. You can go to that church right now, and they are not shouting up and down any aisles. Nope. Nope. They're not. It's an entirely different world. But, but that's, that's, their, that's what they want. That's what they get. But what I'm trying to show you is that a church that used to have 100% of the people speaking in tongues no longer are speaking in tongues. And so the, the, when they survey these, these brown and gray denominations, they're finding out that less than 80%, somewhere, I mean, a uh, more than 80% of the people no longer get the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. In other words, they're Pentecostal churches, but they never get the Holy Ghost. Generations of kids are growing up in churches that are Trinitarian churches, and they're not getting the Holy Ghost. They're not praying, they're not getting consecrated, and they're certainly not speaking in tongues. And so they ask them on surveys. 
I've talked to many, I've, I've interviewed them. How many of you, how many, and talked to the heads of the denomination? And they said, we don't know what's going on. We're quickly losing it. No, no longer speaking in tongues, which is not happening See UPCI. It's not happening among UPC churches. Because even if you use the lowest possible numbers, there are literally somewhere between 80 and 98% of all UPC churches, people are getting the Holy Ghost in those churches. And someone asked one time at a, at a university, why is there a difference? And I said, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. They said, well, you, you ought to know that. You're talking about statistics. You don't know what the statistics mean. And I said, well, wait, let me, let me take a little stab at it, and then I'll go to work on it. I think the difference is they quit preaching it, boldly declaring it. But oneness churches are still dancing, still praising God, still seeing the glory fall, and people are getting the Holy Ghost because we preach it. And many of these churches have become ashamed of it. They're ashamed of it. They went on television, television, you know, talking in tongues on TVs looks really weird. So does shouting. It doesn't look normal. You get on, you get on television, you're shouting, your hairpins are going here and there. They tried it. My church tried it. I went to a church, Trinity Church, that tried it, went on television, and they shouted, and people wrote in and said, you all are wacko. Because it was never meant to be paraded like that. It was meant to be part of the worship of the church and the will of God. And so, so no, listen to me. The fastest growing churches in the world today are oneness churches. That's what has happened. Now, let's talk about the doctrine. Ready to preach the doctrine. Number one uh, is repentance. Everybody say repentance. Repentance for sinners who have come into the church. They cannot. You don't try to pray people through that have not repented. Folks, you can't pray people through that haven't repented. And water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not just any baptism that matters. The pressure's on, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, the pressure's on in, in our world to conform to basically everybody just get along, don't preach anything different. But we must be ready to preach the gospel. And the gospel includes Jesus' name, baptism. Does anybody believe that here today? It includes baptism. Now, you don't just baptize. Now, listen listen to me. Listen to me. Even if you don't like it, I want you to listen to me. We don't just baptize people to be obedient to the Bible, although it is true. It is being obedient to the Bible. But there is another reason that we baptize folks, and it's found in several scriptures. For example, Acts twenty two sixteen 16 says, Arise, anybody know this scripture? Arise and what? Wash. Anybody remember it? Okay, that was fairly weak, but that's okay. I know you were thinking he's going to finish it and, and, and he's almost done because he hadn't got much time. I know what you're thinking. All right, so, uh, so why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and what? Wash away your sins calling 
on the name of the Lord. Well, this is the scripture that led me into an apostolic church because the Holy Ghost began to say, you need to get baptized. How many believes God will deal with people if they are sincere? I do. I believe it. I believe God will deal with them. Now, someone said, well, then you're, are you judging ever? No, I'm not judging anybody. I'm preaching the gospel. Let God be the judge. God's going to judge. Hey, listen, 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 listen. God's going to judge people whether you let him or not. He's going to judge people. Oh, yeah, everybody, everybody, forget it. You're not going to get away saying, oh, I don't believe in all that judgment. No, no, you're, God's going to judge people no matter what you like or don't like. He is the judge, and he will judge. That's why death is reserved to all people. That's why life is only so long. God's just going to, he's going to take care of it. He's God. Why don't we just lift our hands and love him a little bit here. Father, we're so thankful. So many things we want to do to get ready, get our hearts ready for for this coming year, we thank you for it and praise you. All right. So baptism is washes away sins and is for remission of sins. Now, I have a lot of people. I'm at the university quite a bit. I taught there. I teach ancient language, things like that. Not now. I'm pastoring. But I've done it for years. And uh, I have had people say, now, Thomas, listen. Thomas, listen. I really like you. I, I really like you. And I know what they're doing. You know when people come up and they're, oh, I love that outfit. You know what they're about to do. And they either want something or, or whatever, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be negative, but the, oh, listen, I really like you. I know what I know what's next, but. But you, you know, I don't understand why. You insist on people, for example, I had told him. <laughs> the head I've been of this whole thing, they said. Do you, do you think I need to be rebaptized? They said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll take you right now. Let's go right now. He said, do you think I need to be rebaptized? I said, well, I was rebaptized. Why would I get rebaptized and think you that, that you're expendable? I mean, if God told me to get baptized, I am assuming he's telling you to get baptized. It doesn't matter who we are, president or king or who you are. He said, I don't understand why you must insist. I said, I'm not insisting on it. I said, it's the word of God that's insisting on it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, listen, I I would love to see you baptized, but I would never say a word to hurt you. I would never argue with you about it. But I'm just telling you, I'm not ashamed, not one second. You mean you think that everybody ought to be baptized? I believe everybody ought to be, and I believe the Holy Ghost is going to lead people to be baptized in Jesus' name. And then he's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. My dad got the Holy Ghost in front of a vodka bar, and my brother got the Holy Ghost dealing drugs. He got it in his uh, Toyota uh, car on the side of the road after an overdose because God was trying to draw him into the kingdom of God. Now, I was the perfect one. I never drank and I never took drugs. No, I'm just kidding. I never drank and I never took drugs. I got the Holy Ghost in a church. Someone came down and said, Do you have the Holy Ghost? It wasn't an apostolic church. Do you, have you ever had the Holy Ghost? And I said, what? Are you kidding? I'm not about to go down to that altar. They were screaming, running up and down the aisle. You can go to that church right now. And there hasn't been one person got the Holy Ghost in that church and spoke in tongues in over 15 years. 
So, so you say, Brother why are you telling us this? I'm trying to tell you, if you don't declare it and preach it, you will lose it. You've got to preach the truth. <clears throat> okay, we're going to have to skip this. But, uh, but uh, uh, Michael Servetus, of course, is the famous apostolic in 1553 that was killed and is known worldwide as the Jesus name preacher one of the smartest men of the Reformation, was killed because he would not go along with what others said he should preach. But I'm going to skip that. Now, of course, we're looking now at having an understanding of the times. But hold on. We don't have much time. All right, we have a few minutes here. Now, let's look at our key verses right here. All right, right here. That you may be blameless and harmless. And I need to pause. These are important words, but we'll just pass them up. The sons of God without rebuke. In the mist. Everyone say, in the mist. In the mist. That's kind of an old English way of saying when you're right in the middle of this world, right in the middle of a dark world, or what this verse, what, uh, what Paul called a crooked and perverse nation. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, we are to do what? Shine as, as lights. So, the children are singing it, and we're living it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let's, let's sing a little bar of it. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hallelujah. So we're to be lights in a dark world. Now, there's a couple more. Let's look at them. Now, here's Barna's uh, book. It's not new, but it's, it's a Barna book where he looked at uh, our culture. And look, let me read from it. I'm quoting right here. Two-thirds of the 70% of the people surveyed in that book of Americans say that it's important to follow the teachings of the Bible, but they reject Moral absolutes. In other words, they believe in the Bible, but they don't live by the Bible. Okay, now let's look at this other quote, and this is the one I wanted to get to. One-third of all those claiming to be born again in this book believe that all paths lead to heaven. In other words, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to go to heaven if you're moral or nice or treat people nice. That getting to heaven is uh, is something other than obeying, obeying the Bible. So what does that mean? That means that we live in a culture where people are now believing that they don't have anything to obey. If they just do what they want to do and they're nice to people, that's good enough. Any religion and anything will do. That is why we must preach the gospel in these last days. Because when we preach the gospel, let's keep going. When we preach the gospel, all right, this this is another one, but we got, I can't pause for it. In other words, what's happening is that our culture is changing so fast that they no people no longer believe there's right and wrong. And this book is all about it. That there is no, in other words, let's say you kill somebody. Well, why did you kill him? Well, I killed him. Or whatever. That's not wrong if you killed him. Well, uh, that doesn't matter. There's no more this sense of moral understanding and moral comprehension. But we know, how many knows, that there is a right and wrong. 
that God has given us his word, and his word is how we base what we base our life on. Now, let's look at Jeremiah. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for what? The old paths, wherein is the good way. So what we're to do in a culture that can't be ashamed of their sin, we're to stand in the good way and say, here it is over here. Hey, it's over here. Jesus is real. Anybody feel like Jesus is still the answer? 